So I've been threatening to do this for a while and now I'm finally getting around to doing it. Yes, introducing audio to the Substack. Uh, hello everybody, welcome. If you have been here since the podcast days, welcome back. If you were not here for the podcast days, this is what my voice sounds like. If you are ever curious to know, now you know. Um, I ended up having to get a new mic set up for various and assorted reasons that we don't need to go into, but I finally did it because I have a project in the works that I can't tell you guys about yet, but you will love it, I promise. Um, probably more details on that probably early next year-ish, but obviously I'll keep you in the loop on that. But I figured since I have this mic now, I might as well go ahead and start playing with it. So this is going to be a little bit of a trial run. Um, I've got this set up now in a room where I'm kind of curious to see how much background noise this mic's going to pick up. I want to see what the sound quality is like because this is a much larger room than I used to record in and it has very bare walls and it is a little echoey. So we're going to see kind of how this turns out. So if the sound quality is not fantastic, I'm sorry. And if you can hear stuff in the background, I'm sorry, but this is kind of an experiment to see exactly how this is going to work. And we'll see how you guys like this. Um, if you like this format, I'll do more stuff like this in the future. If you want me to do audio versions of my Substack posts, I can start doing that. Um, this is actually not going to be an audio version of a Substack post. This is a totally freestanding audio recording of a completely different topic than anything I've written about. Well, recently I've written about Twitter plenty of times, but let's go back and kind of go to the beginning of this week. Um, on Monday, it was announced that Jack Dorsey is kind of abruptly and suddenly stepping down as CEO of Twitter. Um, he will still be on the board till about May of next year to help with the transition. But after that, he will no longer have anything to do with Twitter as far as any kind of management role, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, it does seem for now that he is still going to be the CEO of Square. So I'm kind of curious to see what Jack does next. But when he stepped down, he released a letter publicly and he stated that the, well, now former CTO, now current CEO, Parag Agarwal will now be taking over as CEO effective Monday. And so Tuesday, yesterday, I'm recording this on the 1st, the first change to Twitter was announced. And it has caused a bit of controversy. Some of it warranted, some of it I don't think is entirely warranted because I don't think people read the whole new policy. So that is where I'm going to start because I want to make sure everybody knows the entirety of the policy because like I said, I think there's been a little bit of overreaction to this based around not really knowing what it is. So here we are expanding our private information policy to include media. As part of our ongoing efforts to build tools with privacy and security at the core, we're updating our existing private information policy and expanding its scope to include private media. Under our existing policy, publishing other people's private information, such as phone numbers, addresses, and IDs, is already not allowed on Twitter. This includes threatening to expose private information or incentivizing others to do so. There are growing concerns about the misuse of media and information that is not available elsewhere online as a tool to harass, intimidate, and reveal the identities of individuals. 
Sharing personal media, such as images or videos, can potentially violate a person's privacy and may lead to emotional or physical harm. The misuse of private media can affect everyone, but can have a disproportionate effect on women, activists, dissidents, and members of minority communities. When we receive a report that a tweet contains unauthorized private media, we will now take action in line with our range of enforcement options, which the range of enforcement options leads to the link that if you've been on Twitter, you know you either get the, the nasty gram, you get the request to take the tweet down, you either get temporary suspension, permanent suspension, you kind of already know all the rules of that. While our existing policies and Twitter rules cover explicit instances of abusive behavior, this update will allow us to take action on media that is shared without any explicit abusive content, provided it's posted without the consent of the person depicted. This is part of our ongoing work to align our safety policies with human rights standards, and it will be enforced globally starting today, which today was yesterday. Um, kind of the TLDR version of that is basically, unless certain conditions are met, and we'll discuss those conditions in a minute, you cannot post up videos or pictures of private individuals doing what the hell ever without their consent. Basically, what this is meant to address are things like the A.B. Cooper situation and the Emma Sokolowitz situation where you have people taking these videos of private people doing things in public, in the dog park, in the ramble, wherever, and then posting them to social media basically to start a pylon on this private individual. And it obviously has had very detrimental effects. Amy Cooper now lives in some undisclosed location because she's afraid to let anybody know where she lives. I know Sokowitz ended up leaving at New York City. I'm not sure where she lives now. But you you know the trend and you, the, the, the Karen thing, basically. The whole idea of you find white women or white men or whoever acting allegedly racist and so you take pictures of it and you put it on the internet and it causes this whole thing and it pretty much ruins somebody's life or not even that but like just anything basically this is kind of trying to end a certain portion of cancel culture that's aimed at private individuals these are not public people these are not anyone related to public people they're just people that have gotten their lives ruined because somebody decided to tape them or photograph them and put it on social media. That's my read on what this is meant to do. What it will do, well, we'll, we'll get into that. But going back to the new policy, what is in violation of this policy? Under our private information policy, you can't share the following types of private information or media without the permission of the person who it belongs to. One, Home address or physical location information, including street addresses, GPS coordinates, or other identifying information related to locations that are considered private. I mean, that's been part of the, the doxing protocol for ages now on Twitter. You know how that gets enforced. Eh, you know, it's, it, it's kind of dicey. And there was also just an instance of somebody going to J.K. Rowling's house and posing out front of it with her address visible, basically doxing her address. So I imagine this has a little bit to do with that too. But like I said, I think this is meant to address the overall culture of trying to weaponize Twitter to basically ruin private people's lives. But moving on. Number two, identity documents, including government issued IDs and social security or other national identity numbers. Note, we may make limited exceptions in regions where this information is not considered to be private. Three. 
Contact information, including non-public personal phone numbers or email addresses. Four, financial account information, including bank account and credit card details. And five, other private information, including biometric data or medical records. And this is the new update. Media of private individuals without the permission of the persons depicted. Okay. A lot of people stopped right there and obviously asked the first question, which was, what about videos of police brutality? And this does actually address those situations. So let's go ahead and keep going. And I'll point out the part where I think Twitter specifically left a loophole. And given what I've seen on my timeline today, I do believe that this is going to be kind of the loophole going forward as far as those sorts of videos. But let's keep going. The following behaviors are also not permitted. Threatening to publicly expose someone's private information. Sharing information that would enable individuals to hack or gain access to someone's private information without their consent, e.g. sharing sign-in credentials for online banking services. Asking for or offering a bounty for financial information in exchange for posting someone's private information. Asking for a bounty or financial reward in exchange for not posting private information, sometimes referred to as blackmail. When private information or media has been shared on Twitter, we need a first-person report or a report from an authorized representative in order to make the determination that the image or video has been shared without their permission. Learn more about reporting on Twitter. So basically what they're saying is if somebody does share a picture or a video of a private citizen or a private person, that the person in the media in question would have to submit to Twitter or an authorized representative of that person, like say a lawyer or a legal guardian or something like that. So it's not like any one of us could go report one of these tweets. It's the person in the tweet in the media has to be the one to do the reporting. So moving on, sharing private media. While we are notified by individuals depicted or by an authorized representative that they did not consent to having their private image or video shared, we will remove it. This policy is not applicable to media featuring public figures or individuals where media and accompanying tweets are shared in the public interest or add value to the public discourse. Let me back up for a second because this is the loophole right here. This policy is not applicable to media featuring public figures or individuals when media and accompanying tweets are shared in the public interest or add value to the public discourse. That's the cop loophole because any one of these videos featuring police brutality, like say, we'll use the Derek Chauvin video, that would fall under the auspices of being in the public interest or adding value to the public discourse. So by my reading of this text, those videos would stay up. And like I said, I saw two videos earlier today on Twitter, one of them of a cop kicking a dog and the other one of a cop shooting a elderly man in a wheelchair in his back and killing him. And I didn't share them because I don't like to put stuff like that on people's timelines, especially especially like animal cruelty stuff, because I know a lot of people are very sensitive to that. And if I don't have a way of kind of leaving it up to you, whether you want to watch the video, like Twitter doesn't really have the same functionality as Facebook does, where you can kind of like put the little blur filter over like sensitive content and you can leave it up to the person to click on it. I kind of don't like to just like dump that out there because I know it's 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 really it's really sensitive for a lot of people. And also 
watching somebody die on video is not necessarily something that everybody wants to see. So I kind of skipped sharing them, but they do exist. They are viral. I mean, I'm sure Twitter is well aware of their existence. And last time I checked, they are still up. So I think situations like that where people are sharing videos or pictures of police brutality are going to be left up under that public interest slash public discourse sort of loophole. But moving back to the new policy. However, if the purpose of the dissemination of the private images of public figures or individuals who are part of public conversation is to harass, intimidate, or use fear to silence them, we may remove the content in line with our policy against abusive behavior. Similarly, private nude images of public individuals will considered to be actioned under a non-consensual nudity policy. Now, the first thing I thought when I read that paragraph was the Kirsten Cinema video of her being chased into the bathroom at Arizona State University. I wonder if under this new policy, that video would be allowed to be left up and to be circulated because not only was the act of chasing her into the bathroom itself meant to harass and intimidate her, but also the act of filming and uploading it to Twitter was meant to harass and intimidate her. So even though she is a public figure, to me, that would fall under this sort this this portion of the new policy where that video would be taken down because it would meet those criteria. Whether that's how it's going to go down, um, basically, just like every other Twitter rule, we have to wait and see how it's going to be implemented in real time when one of these situations comes back up again. But that was kind of the first thing I thought. And I was like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder if that video would have been left up. But moving on, we recognize that there are instances where account holders may share images or videos of private individuals in an effort to help someone involved in a crisis situation, such as in the aftermath of a violent event or as part of a newsworthy event due to public interest value. And this may outweigh the safety risks to a person. Which, okay, I, I guess that's kind of meant to be like, missing persons photos or media or anything like that where you put out pictures like hey this person's missing like you can't really get consent from that person to put their image on twitter but you're doing it out of out of love and out of a way of trying to help that person not as a way to try to harm that person so i understand that loophole and i'm glad they left that there because like that that could have led to some kind of ugly things if they hadn't because then like i said you have the missing person reports and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm, I'm glad that they addressed that. But we're almost done here. We will always try to assess the context in which the content is shared. And in such cases, we may allow the images or videos to remain on the surface. For instance, we would take into consideration whether the image is publicly available and or is being covered by mainstream traditional media, newspapers, TV channels, online news sites, or if a particular image and the accompanying tweet adds value to the public discourse is being shared on the internet, being shared in public interest or is relevant to the community. Again, that kind of circles back to what I'm calling the cop loophole. So since they reiterated that, I am assuming that that's kind of the reason why they're reiterating that is to basically say, yeah, we are going to leave certain content up that you may not have consent from the private individual, which uh, one could also get into the argument of whether a cop acting in his or her job role is a private individual or a public individual. 
But this is kind of leaving that loophole open to be like, yeah, if this is something that, you know, is newsworthy and involves something that is actually of you know public interest, we're leaving it up. And that's kind of to differentiate, again, between the, the Amy Cooper situations of the world and legitimate uses of the platform to bring attention to an actual issue. Because let's, nobody fucking cares about Amy Cooper. Nobody cares about Emma Sokolowitz. Like this, this was nonsense. And if this is their attempt to try to do something about that culture, about that idea of like weaponizing, posting up media in order to go after legitimate private citizens, like you didn't, you didn't know who the hell these people were before you saw those videos. Like just, yeah, that needs to be addressed. And I'm glad that they're doing it. The only thing is, and let me, I'll read the last paragraph just for the sake of completion. It doesn't really add anything, but then I'll give kind of my thoughts because I, there is one strain of criticism of this that I do understand and I would like to see clarified, but feeling safe on Twitter is different for everyone and our teams are consistently working to understand and address these needs. We know our work will never be done and we will continue to invest in making our product and policies more robust and transparent and continue to earn the trust of people using our service. Okay, that is the end of their statement. Here's my thing. There's no delineation in the policy on filming people in public spaces. And this is something that has been generally accepted, not just in the age of social media, but just for journalism in general, that if somebody is in a public space, if somebody's at a rally, a protest, a gathering, a concert, a sporting event, wherever, if you're in a public place, then there is an expectation that they can film you. Like it's, it's not, you're not in a private space, you're in a public space. And so obviously if somebody takes your picture or films you, then it's kind of like, well, you you can't really be expected that somebody needs to get permission from you in that particular situation. Here's the thing, though. If Twitter decided to make that distinction clear that it is still fine to film and photograph people in public spaces and post that on Twitter, then that would not address the Amy Cooper situation because the ramble was a public place. And where most of these situations happen, where people are, are filmed or photographed, acting a damn fool, are in public places. So to make that distinction clear would be to kind of make the whole point of this policy change moot. But it does need to be made clear because there's a lot of people who make their living off of going to protests and stuff like that and just filming like you know the Andy knows of the worlds the Ford Fishers of the worlds this is what they do they go places they film it they upload it to Twitter so that we can all see exactly what's going on at this protest or that protest or whatever so how does this policy affect those people like do do they now have to get written consent or permission from the people that they're filming in order to film them and upload it to Twitter because the vast majority of the people that they're filming and photographing are not going to give consent. Like, you're not going to go to like an Antifa rally and start handing out consent forms and have them sign it. I mean, you'll get the exact opposite. I mean, you get attacked 
at these rallies for trying to film anything. They will, they'll snatch your phone out of your hand. They'll snatch the camera out of your hand. They'll, they'll fucking punch you. They'll, they'll try to fight you. So it's not like you're going to get consent from these people. But those who go to these events to chronicle them in a, a visual fashion are performing a service. They are performing a journalistic service. But now, to me, it's questionable whether that content would be allowed on Twitter or not. So maybe they will clarify that in the future for those kinds of videographers, for those kind of documenters who do that in a visual format, just so that they can be sure that their accounts aren't going to get locked down if they do what they've been doing for years. And like I said, a lot of them, you know, this is how they make their money. I mean, that's so... It's kind of important for them to know whether they can still keep doing the thing that brings them income. And of course, I mean, the the kind of cutout for mainstream media is another thing too, because it's like, okay, if ABC goes to the Antifa rally and films them and then puts it on ABC News, then obviously it's in the traditional media and now it can be put on Twitter. Seems a little unfair to me to have that sort of distinction there. But like I said, hopefully this will get cleared up. So let me go ahead and wrap this up. I think this will be fine for a first outing. I just kind of wanted to discuss my thoughts on the new Twitter rules about what can and cannot be posted as far as private individuals are concerned and kind of the overreaction slash underreaction to the new rules. So anyway... If you made it this far, thank you for listening. As always, this is the old sign off from the podcast for everybody that remembers it. So like I said, if you guys like this, I'll continue to do stuff like this. And like I said, this is a work in progress, just like everything else in my life. I'm not entirely sure where this is going, but we're going to figure it out together. So let me go ahead and wrap this up. Take care and I'll see you next time.